It's ten times the terror. Hello and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. <laughs> I'm not okay. Okay, I'm ready whenever you are. All right, do the little little countdown. Little. <laughs> it's ten times the terror. <laughs> it's ten times the terror. <laughs> Spot us, <laughs> We're still, we're still waiting on our audition to be a... Uh, oh, know. my gosh. Imagine. We're going to be a hit. And our next show, uh, Spawn is <laughs> ties into this. <laughs> Tune in every week. Tune in every Saturday night in makeup. As we, <laughs> as we come out of our coffins to share. And Justin can throw the rubber chickens at us. <laughs> he would have no part in it. Yeah. He probably wouldn't even tell people that it exists. No, like, I don't know them. I don't know them at all. Um, all right, so we'll count down alone. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, 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 and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. I'm James. And I'm Gwen. And on today's episode, on this spooky Halloween special, we will be reviewing Halloween Ends. And Gwen, this is the first episode. It's just you and me. We I know. It's, it's our Halloween episode. It's Why, crazy. Well, it's our Halloween the old episode. Man? Might as well not have our main host on, right? I know we ditched the old man. Well, he doesn't no. really—he didn't really seem that enthusiastic about this. He has not seen the movie, which is the main reason why he's not on. I actually, last time I saw him, I recapped the entire plot of this movie to him, and I would say he was uh, riveted, but he wasn't. So that should give you <laughs> an indication of what. And this is like. this is like basically a, this was like a little tr- mini trilogy within the series, right? Like this, this was like trilogy, the third. Yeah. Of this kind of trilogy. From from director David Gordon Green. So yeah, we're going to... Did he do all three? He did all three, yeah. And he, okay. I think, co-wrote it with Danny McBride. But yeah, so so this is this um, came out in theaters and on Peacock October 14th. And it's still available in both places to watch. So I think we'll, because it's a new release, we'll kind of do a quick little like non-spoiler general thoughts. And then we'll give a clear indication when we're going into spoilers. Because <laughs> let's be real, there's a lot to get into with this one. And we're going to have to just... <laughs> Rip the spoiler bandaid off because I know. Yeah. Just forego the spoiler warnings at this point. We we're not good about. <laughs> we're not good. Yeah, this is true. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and start this, and I'll just give a little bit of context. Yeah, like I said, this has been like three trilogies from David Gordon Green. So the first one, the 2018 movie, I actually liked quite a bit. I thought it was a good sort of like soft reboot of this franchise. I liked that it was a direct sort of sequel to the original and kind of. Um, bypassed all the other movies. I liked what they did with Jamie Lee Curtis's character. I thought it was mm-hmm. solid. It was, it was solid. Um, the next one, Halloween Kills, I did not like at all. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was like a big step down in quality. I did not like that. And so I think going into this new one, I just naturally had lowered expectations because of the last movie. And Gwen, I don't think my expectations could have been low enough because <laughs> I, I thought this you movie <laughs> was absolutely horrendous. I hated this movie. I think it might be the worst Halloween movie ever. That includes the one with Buster Rhymes. That includes the one that Rob Zombie did. I think this movie is wow. Out of like it, what twenty five movies? Uh, something like that. It's been a bunch, but yeah. So what did you think of Halloween Ends? Well, okay. Well, so to recap again, I really liked the first one too. I liked Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. I liked the whole. I liked that whole wave in general of the horror movies bringing back the OGs and like the girl power. And like, I was just really feeling all that in general when that was happening. Um, I did not like, like you said, in Halloween kills, the kind of like 
it kind of felt like the way we we complain about like um like the Star Wars franchise where like at the end it's like you make a decision then you instantly like backtrack on that decision so it's like he's in the fire at the end it's so good and then in Halloween Kills it's like oh we're actually just gonna backtrack on all of that and none of it happened and he's fine so I didn't like really think that was good and again I just Halloween Kills felt really weird it felt like I like don't remember most of the movie and I watched it like three days ago like I the hospital whole sequence was kind of weird I didn't really get a good feeling with the mob mentality I just felt like it all felt really flat and then, like, what were they trying to say at the end? Like, we know he always comes back and he never dies. But after they, like, stab him a million times and hit him a million times, like, are they basically saying he's, like, immortal? Like, I just, I was confused by all of that. Like, all of that was kind of, I don't know. It just felt like we're just going to have no rules and whatever. And it was very, like, predictable that everyone would then die. Um, Halloween ends. I, so I did... I want to say I did really like the opening sequence with um, the Corey kid and like how he accidentally kills this kitty's babysitting for. I thought that felt really different and really fresh. And I was like also confused, like where that was like where they were going to go with that. And um, but every point after that, I pretty much hated Corey and wished he was not in the movie. I'm not sure what they were trying to do. And like, I just we didn't really get a lot of a lot of Michael Myers, which is kind of weird. I felt like he would became the secondary character and there was so much development on this Corey character, but then like his descent to evil was very like underwhelming. And I I I know I see what they were trying to do, but once they became this like Batman and Robin duo kill spree, I was just like, this is this is becoming absurd. And obviously we're trying to just it was just became this labyrinth of storytelling just to get Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis in the same place for the ending, which even then felt very underwhelming compared to the first film. I I liked, I liked where it started and I was just really kind of confused when it ended as to like what this movie was even saying. It just felt like really all over the place. Yeah. Well, so I, I do kind of agree. I, I thought the first scene was effective as especially with like kind of playing with our expectations because we're expecting, you know, Michael to be in the house and then it, it kind of misdirects you in that regard. I think I think the reason why myself and it sounds like a lot of people are having issue with this movie is that for all this, yeah, this is supposed to be like the conclusion or at the very least like the conclusion of this trilogy. Nothing about this movie feels like we're, we're concluding a story. It feels like we're starting a whole new story with this Corey character who is like the primary focus of the movie and the whole michael versus laurie which was essentially the like selling point of this is like an afterthought like it's it's like kind of baffling how how to the sideline that whole plot is to literally like the last like 10 minutes and you're right even when we get it it's like so kind of like nothing i know but even with Corey's character like doesn't it start to feel very soap opera-y it's like okay he's having this He's being bullied. He has this like terrible thing that happened in his past, but then it's like he's dating the granddaughter. But then he's like in cahoots with Michael in the sewers, and that, it's like it just feels very soap opery at that point. Like just too many, too many things tied all together that are just too weird. 
Wait, when you're saying you didn't find it realistic that he was getting bullied by the marching band, they literally say they're the marching band, and the main kid has a letter jacket. What's that all about? Okay, okay, I'm not. We're going full spoilers. I know we've already kind of touched on that. We got to just yeah, go full spoilers. Just full full spoilers. We're, I, we're... I don't I don't recommend seeing this movie. Just listen to our review. But again, it's in theaters. It's on Peacock. Okay, so I mean, I would watch it for free on Peacock if you just feel like watching a Halloween movie. I would not pay money to see this movie. Yeah, and like if you've already seen the other ones, you just kind of want to see how they wrap it up. But man, did they take the weirdest way of doing that. So, the yeah, weirdest. So, so yeah, I mean, you've already kind of mentioned it, but like, yeah, like the first. So here's the thing: I didn't find any of the characters <laughs> even remotely believable. Like, let's start no. with Laurie Strode. In the first movie, like the 2018 one, we see that for 40 years she is in total, you know, Sarah Connor survival mode training. For the the eventual day when Michael, who's been locked up, is gonna eventually escape. So, so she and off it. the grid. She's been completely off the grid. Completely off the grid in total survival mode training. And then where the last movie ends, yeah, like not only is is Michael in total superhuman mode where he's killing everyone, including her own daughter, including her own yeah. daughter, yeah. and then and then escapes. In this movie, she's like, you know what? I think it's my time now. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on my memoir. I'm gonna flirt with the one cop at the grocery store. Like, I think it's my time now. It's like I know. What? What? So that already didn't make sense. And then the whole the whole relationship between Corey and the granddaughter, Allison. I hated it. I hated well, it. Well, like, talk about no development. Like, literally, literally, Lori's like, here, come flirt with my granddaughter. And she's all like, grandma. And then, like, and like the next scene, she, like, falls for him so hard because they're both, what, like, victims of trauma. And then, like, a second later, it's like, I'm running away with him and we're going to, like, get out of this town. Like, what? Like, and, and I know. Then... And the good evil conflict they tried to, like, give his character because of that was just super lame. Especially to, because again, I, I get that they're trying to get in these more like complex like themes about like evil as it permeates at the town. But I think what's so odd to me is that, okay, in the very first movie, like the, the original 1978 movie, when Michael kills his sister, it is a total random act of violence. And that's where you get the question of like, is he evil? Is what he did pure evil? Whereas what Corey did, like, okay, it's horrible, but it's an accident. Like, it is yeah. simply an accident. And then, okay, yes, he's, like, kind of villainized and ostracized by the town, but, like, he made a big mistake. And so I think when you try to, like, equate the two, it's like, oh, he has the Michael Myers evil in him. Or Michael I know, like, and the way evil. they kept, they kept, like, dropping, like, oh, his eyes. You look in his eyes and you can see the evil in his eyes. And, like, I get what they're trying to do because, like, doesn't, I haven't seen all the films, but doesn't, aren't there several where, like, he kind of, like, mesmerizes people kind of like 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 the one psychiatrist in like one of the hospitals at one point like kind of becomes obsessed and memorized with him and he goes on like a killing spree and isn't there one where he like transcends his like body into like a niece or something and she goes on a killing spree like so I didn't mind that idea but like it was super forced it was super like I look in his eyes and I see a killer it's just like what yeah well I think that you're right and that's been like I think an issue with this entire franchise is the whole like mythos of Michael like makes no sense and seems to like change movie by movie. And and I think these last two movies really highlight that where I feel like these movies can't decide if he is just a, a person who has, you know, destructive means or if he is actually superhuman. Because, for example, in the last movie, you're right, he, he survives this 
fire in the house and then goes full superhuman where he is killing everyone. He's taking hits. He's taking shots and he's fine. And in this movie, he's an old fart. He's an old fart living in the sewers. <laughs> and after after Corey gets jumped by the marching band, he's like 25, gets jumped by the marching band. Then he fights Michael and like can beat him up. It's like I know he like wrestles here? him to the ground and steals his mask, which also I thought felt made no sense. But okay. also he goes from being in prison for what 40 years or whatever to then being like a supernatural like can't be killed like like how come he didn't just break out of prison then exactly and again we when we see the sort of flashes of his head like we can see he's like an older man he's like in his 60s yeah. 70s but again the last movie he is like superhuman and then this one he can't even beat up a freaking 25 year old who steals his mask i know i know it, it it's a little bit chaotic but also um, also i wouldn't mind some of these really outlandish kind of swings that the movie does if the movie was a little more like fun or goofy but the first hour is such a slog there's no there's no michael myers you're like is he even in this movie that's what i mean like to have it be the final one and have it have a title like halloween ends like which we know is like they're just gonna like reanimate him like next year or whatever but like it just seems so like epic like what they were trying to do and it just felt so underwhelming and the whole, like, movie is so, to me, is so, like, lacking in anything that's, like, you know, suspense or dread or things yeah. you might look for in a horror film. But, like, a, a perfect example is is um, the scene when Laurie, like, looks out the window and Corey's, like, on the front lawn. And then she goes downstairs and he's gone. And then it's like, oop, he's right behind her. It's like, there's all these stupid, like, fake jump scares to, like, Whereas, jolt the audience awake. Right. Whereas I feel like, going back to that beginning sequence, you have that fantastic jump scare where it's like the mom calling him or something, the kid like looking up all these flights of stairs, which you're already thinking like this is already like going to be a bad sign. And then the kid jumps out and scares her. I thought that was a fantastic jump scare. And the same with like that whole sequence. And then it's like, I felt like that whole sequence was like a totally different movie from then what transpired after that. But something I, that story again, it almost feels like this would be the start of a new trilogy, not the ending of a current one. Right. Right. So something I read, which I thought was interesting and I didn't know, and I can definitely see they were trying to do is I guess the original creators of Halloween, when they pitched it, they planned on it being like an anthology where each film would be kind of its own kind of just creepy Halloween story that Michael Myers necessarily wouldn't be a part of. And so you can kind of see where they were maybe trying to do something of that nature in this. And that was Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yes, because he wasn't in it at all, right? And that that one, I think some of the defenders are comparing to that because that, when it first came out, people didn't like it for that exact reason. But then kind of over time, it's gotten more of a... A reverence more recognition it, yeah because and that that was the idea of like yeah let's make this an anthology yeah so when i read that i it did make a little bit more sense what i see they were trying to do i just feel like they just missed the mark it just well, not, only, not only that but like Corey freaking kills himself so it's not like he's gonna take over this franchise so like when he kills himself at the end I it's know. like what actually is the point of this whole story then like i would almost be okay if like they kill michael myers but somehow Corey is like the next Michael Myers, if you will. Like, it it might have been sloppy, but like I would have been okay if that's like kind of how they concluded this movie. But the yeah. fact that he kills himself, you're like, 
So what was all this for? It was just a one-off kind of thing. It just I know, it, and it became this like tragic love story at the same time. I wasn't feeling it. Um. No, so let's talk that... about let's talk about the meat grinder, James. Oh yeah. Is is there any question? Well, talk about <laughs> talk about the passion of the Michael. They like crucify him I in know. the kitchen, throw the like throw the fridge on him, and then the whole town is all conveniently together. Like we're doing it this way tonight. I know. And it's the, like the freaking sheriff's Jesus like gonna Christ. turn a blind eye. Yeah, Michael Myers superstar. We're gonna throw him in the grinder. It's... <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so it's like, true. All right, if you want to think, okay, there's no way he's surviving this, fine. That that's one way of doing it. But I mean, again, it, it felt like it, it felt like they almost had an idea for a movie that didn't even have Michael Myers in it or Lori Strode, but like contractually they had to include them. So that's why like the whole like last ten minutes where they do have their showdown that's been promised the whole time feels like an afterthought. It does. And it also just it doesn't feel like the showdown we wanted. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like Laura wants to be like, bro, you killed my daughter as well as like half this town. Like, I know. And I really, going out. part of me, part of me really thought she was going to die taking out Michael, which I kind of would have liked to see in some weird full circle situation. But like the meat grinder thing. Yeah. The whole, that whole sequence. I don't know. I was not feeling it. I was. And like, who's cleaning that meat grinder after that? Like that just, uh, that doesn't seem sanitary. They, they're probably not getting paid enough, but you're right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but also, again, I, so I've also heard, like, comparisons of this trilogy to the recent Star Wars trilogy, where, like, it doesn't feel like there's a clear focus for the kind of whole vision. Like a fan-made fiction well, hob well, it, it, it doesn't feel like there's, a, there's an overarching story that's fully fleshed out, which I think is a fair comparison. But what's weird about this is all three of these are the same director, the same writing team. So, like... Yeah, that is odd. At least in Star Wars, okay, there were different directors kind of doing their own thing, but you'd think they'd have some idea of like, okay, here's the story we're trying to tell. But for me, it feels like they had the idea for the 2018 movie, and then that did well. And then they're like, all right, make two more movies. And they're like, uh, okay, what do I do? Like, it, it reeks yeah. of like True Detective season two and three to me, where it's like, oh, you had gosh. this one idea, and now it's like, how do we follow it up? Because I feel like another idea, which is like, not really developed well, but it's like sort of interesting because it seems like even in the last movie with the whole mob mentality and the evil dies tonight, which gets repeated a thousand times, it feels like they're trying to insinuate this idea of like, here's how trauma can impact an entire town and how everyone is impacted by it. And now how in a way it becomes this like this curse on a town, right? Even if Michael's not there wrecking havoc, there's still all this trauma of people just yeah. unable to kind of move past it, which again, could have been an interesting idea. And maybe if there was like a new trilogy, they can explore that, but it's so, it's such a haphazard of um, yeah. putting together of ideas. That need to be like its own movie where you don't have a Michael, but Michael's presence is just within the town, right? Like that kind of monsters on maple, but like so many movies have done that idea and done it well. And like even with Halloween Kills, like it just, it just felt so flat in so many ways. That whole hospital sequence in general. Oh, you mean when they're targeting the the schleppy five foot five yeah. guy? Like, yeah, that and must then, be like, Michael. Kills himself. Who's obviously yeah, seven just... feet tall, but the schleppy person must be him. But but that's I think that's what's so like baffling to me too is like, in, in a way, it's like these last two movies don't even feel like the same team that did the 2018 movie. Like they just feel sloppy. The writing, like you said, it feels very soap opery. It just feels so kind of poorly strung together. And I don't know. Cause like, again, I like the 2018 movie a lot. And I feel like that showdown, that showdown really worked. It was fantastic. 
It was fantastic. No, the, the 2018 one was a great, like, just kind of, like, refreshed reboot to the franchise. Yes, and and I think, in a way, that could have just been the end right there. But maybe, again, money speaks. So, of course, they're going to just keep uh, right this out. But, I don't know, this movie I thought was so bad. I, guess I, couldn't, I just... I thought it couldn't get worse than the last movie, and they they proved me wrong. No, I knew it was bad when there was like an hour left, and I had not seen Michael, and I was like, "What?" Like I didn't even want to keep watching. I just wanted to turn it off, but I just like like forced myself. Well, that's the thing too. Is like so so when when we do finally see Michael, where again he's this like old man hanging out in the sewers for four years. Again, the last movie it sounded like everyone was on high Michael alert looking for him, but he's just hanging out in the sewer eating rats or whatever i know and like the but homeless then, man's completely aware of it but like yeah, no one else but, knows but then there's this moment where he touches Corey, and it's as if like he's seeing all of his trauma flashed before him and then it's like all right is he transferring his evil to him now but then you're right they sort of do this like tag team effort and just like but but even then like all right then he's like teach me how to do it like what kill people here take the knife I and know. stab them and then he steals the mask and just goes out being michael myers so it's like yeah, that was the most AWOL part of it. Like, when he, like, just wrestles him to the ground in the sewers and steals his mask. And I also feel like, I feel like if I was a diehard Halloween fan, I wouldn't want to see some annoying, bullied kid, like, beat up my, my like, you know, revered horror character and just steal his mask. It just seems like... Yeah. I would be pissed. Like, like After what the getting hell? beat up by the freaking marching band. I know, I know. It's like I still so... can't go over the fact that they, they, they make a point of that, and the one kid's wearing a letter jacket. You're just like, what is happening here? Like, I know, but also, to, to, to like reiterate, he's not in high school anymore. He's an adult, and he's getting bullied by high schoolers. Like, yes, he's like 25. <laughs> it's, that's what I mean. It's like, what's and then, going and then on? Do you, love how, do you love how they break his glasses, and then he just doesn't need glasses the rest of the movie? <laughs> I didn't even see that. Because <laughs> he's bad now. You know, when you're bad, you don't need glasses. Oh my gosh! Because he saw into Michael's soul, and now he sees through his eyes. There you go. Exactly. He's seen for the first time ever, baby. I know. But even like the Jamie Lee Curtis, like at the end when she's like, "I want to report a suicide," and she's like, "Do you really think I'd kill myself?" And I was like, "This is so lame. Like, this is like so lame." I was very disappointed because I was thinking, okay, if anything, there's going to be a big showdown with those two, and there's going to be like some big fireworks finale and even that was just really underwhelming no it's like we're just we're just gonna crucify you to the freaking kitchen countertop and then we'll sacrifice and we'll put you and then we'll turn you into hamburgers yeah right (laughs) the passion the passion of the michael oh my gosh every time you say it's so true the fact that the whole town just shows up (laughs) And the one, the one, the one chief with the hats, like we do this tonight in this town. Oh, it's like so where the f are you this whole movie? Like, meanwhile, Michael's been crapping himself to sleep in the in the sewer, and no one could find him. Really? I know. Also, like, I was kind of annoyed between both Halloween Kills and this one that you bring back. Like, we have like the little girl grown up, um, who's like working at the bar. We have like all these like original characters coming back where they kind of have their own little like trauma group where they meet every year at Halloween or whatever, but we don't really get a a really detailed taste of that. I feel like that's a really throwaway bit that kind of comes in and and goes so fast. We've talked about it's not every 
opportunity where we see all these kind of like reboots where you're bringing back the character, the original characters and to have like little kids and, and teenagers that were in the originals come back as these adults. I feel like you could have done so much more with that. Like, and like really had like a real in-depth, interesting side story with them. But I, but I think that also just kind of exposes the big kind of issue with this. Like it feels like this movie is like at odds with itself. Like it feels right. like, some of them want this to be a story about the town and sort of like healing from this kind of this kind of horrors. And then the other side of it is like, well, we got to have a Michael versus Lori showdown conclusion movie. And like it just the two don't ever gel together. And it feels like these ideas similar to Michael just get thrown in the grinder and spat up back into us. <laughs> I mean, I think it's safe to say the biggest downfall of this whole film was Corey. He was. It was it was it was Corey and everybody else. He was the star of this movie. He was literally the star of the movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he just was dead. And then a it was character, like, oh, a actually. A character we're introduced to in this movie and kills himself in this movie. And yeah. and has probably the most screen time of anybody in the movie. And it's somebody we don't even know at all, except for the like like we're introduced in the opening sequence. And I'm like confused why they gave this character so much screen time and so much storyline when he was going to just be dead. And he, like, it just did, it didn't make well, any no, sense to me. Well, what they needed to do is they, they needed to introduce this character two movies ago and like plant that seed where he, where yeah. he's, he's ostracized for whatever reason yeah. and then have that kind of grow. So that by like the time we get descent. this movie, yes. And then when he does become the copyright killer, it feels, you know, earned and not just something that's just but, thrown in last. But even where he's maybe not the killer until after Michael is somehow killed in whatever scenario and he comes across the mask and you see him pick it up and then you know, oh, like for the next movie or something, like something's coming with this guy. You know what I mean? Like exactly to exactly. really like to really get us into like accepting him as possibly the new Michael. Yeah, that could have been a great segue to like a new franchise, if you will. Cause then it is like Halloween ends, but now, you know, a new beginning is a new, you know, sinister beginning is starting. Right, like, like, the, well, because again, it's sort of a, a sort of a, uh, an eye rolling line, but when she's sort of writing her memoirs, just by like, you know, evil, evil takes a new shape, which like Michael is often referred to as the shape, so that would have been like a fitting, you know, idea of like, okay, so you kill Michael Myers, but now, now that evil is now personified in this new character who's going to start doing his own kind of havoc. Right, right. Yeah, it just felt very. It felt like a very forced afterthought. Oh, I don't need. We're I, only like, oh, okay, so we're like twenty-seven minutes, and I was like, I don't even think there's anything more I could say about this. Like, I, I just, that's it. Yeah, well, no, it's like it's one of the things where like I feel like for both of us, like this is not necessarily our most beloved movie franchise, not even our most beloved horror movie franchise. So at the end of the day, even though it's fun to kind of like like hate on this movie, like. It's not it's not like a as soul crushing as it would be for other franchises. Mm, true. But but at the same time, like again, we know they'll probably at, at some point make more of these. But it, it does just feel like you've done everything you can do. It's like, and again, even if they want to say, "All right, we're gonna actually give you the the Michael and Laurie showdown, you you were promised." It's like, well, we already got that. We got that in several movies. It's like, yeah, yeah. And and I feel like true. another another great example was like the Scream movie that came out earlier this year was that was a much better example of like passing on the baton where yeah where Sidney Prescott wasn't the star of the movie but still was there and kind of gave her character 
a little closure, but also like exactly. kind of set us, the audience, up to accept more movies with new characters. Exactly. And you gave the OGs the scream time that we wanted to see, you know? 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, one more interesting thing I want to point out that I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I noticed like only recently, which obviously is dumb to even say, because the whole premise of Michael is like this slow walk where he's just coming for you and he never goes away and he just pops out when you're least expecting it. But I've never found the Halloween movies to feel that scary in general, like of any of the ones I've seen when it was like H2O and like all these reboots and all this different stuff. And yet when you told me to see it follows, I had nightmares for probably like three months straight. Like (laughs) how scared I was, but it's kind of the same premise. And I'm like, why? And I only really connected the dots watching these newer films. And I was like, I was like, why is it that like, I was so scared by that. But like, this kind of has the same overall idea when it comes to like the killer stalking you, but I just never really found them that scary. Well, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think for myself and probably many, the, the original Halloween, the John Carpenter one is the best one. And I think when you go back and revisit that one, that one, I, th- I mean, that one really takes its time with like showing Michael Myers, but even when you get the glimpse of him, I think it really just, gets to that idea of like the idea of being followed kind of like it follows yeah. like, where it's yeah. not so much that he's going out killing people it's just it's more like you feel like somebody is following you you don't know who it is and and there is more of a like mystery to who michael is because at that point the characters don't know who he is but it's just the idea of like right. somebody is following you and i think that's just like an archetypal fear no i think you're right and right. I, remember, the- I remember clearly the like scene in the original where he's hiding behind like the the hedges and like she can kind of see him in the distance, but then all of a sudden he's gone. Like yeah. moments like that are really kind of unnerving. Whereas I feel That's like the newer ones kind of downplay those stuff parts. Well, they they go too much for like these jump scares, and that's all it is. There's no real like building sense of dread or horror. It's just filled with jump scares. No, or 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 like shitty sound effects with like the microwave is like super loud. It's like this is this is not working. <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, on that note, happy Halloween to everybody. Happy Halloween. Do not watch Halloween Kills. It's your Halloween movie. If you really want Halloween to end, just watch that one. Yeah. But that's what's like, even annoying. You know it's not it's not ending. You know there's going to be another Halloween know. movie. It's almost like, why even bother? Exactly. Well, well they, they ended my enthusiasm for these movies. I'll say that. 100%. I was rejuvenated with the 2018 film, and now I am deflated again. Your enthusiasm is thrown through the grinder and just chopped to bits. <laughs> chopped to bits. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you for listening to 10 Times the Terror. Thank you for listening and happy Halloween. Thank you for listening to It's 10 Times the Terror. The podcast. One of my favorite films ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that for again. Thank you for listening to 10 Times the Terror. This podcast would not be possible without listeners like you. You can find out more about our podcast by visiting our website, 10timestheterror.com. That's 10xtheterror.com.